0: Now something that uh, really does preoccupy us, uh, correctly I would say, um, at the ABC, certainly at Saturday Extra and Radio National, is uh, people who are avoiding the news or what you might say is information, current information that they just find troubling. It's something that um, is repeatedly showing up in a range of surveys. Not that there's real answers being offered, but it's really quite tricky to work out how to be current and give people who are interested in keeping up what they need while actually not turning off people who are very ambivalent for a range of reasons. Well, perhaps the 2023 Digital News Report can shed some light on this question and others plaguing the news media media in this time of ongoing transition. The report certainly wasn't all bad news. There are positive trends in subscription audiences and trust in public media, public service media, remains really quite high. But overall, the report paints a mixed picture with growing fragmentation of news audiences and Australians are particularly strong in our newer habits. Here to talk us through some of the detail, as well as the big picture, is Dr Carolyn Fisher. She's Associate Professor of Communications at the University of Canberra and co-author of the Digital News Report. Hello there. Hi, Carolyn. Let's start, if we can, with some positive news because this is what emerges <laughs> <laughs> from That's the right. report. Um, they want to have more of it. So the good news from the for the media industry, at least, is that the percentage of Australians paying for news is steadily growing. Twenty two percent of respondents this year pay a subscription. Now, give us a little bit more detail about, please. Yeah, so that's that.
1: Uh, this year, we saw a, a four percentage point increase in the proportion of of people paying for online news um, and via subscription, which is, you know, the holy grail for the news industry. Uh, so that is really positive news as to how strongly that trend will continue. You know, we're a longitudinal survey, so I guess ask us again next year. And we'll see. We'll see whether or not that's been maintained. But we're seeing that big increase um, largely amongst men. And older, well, Gen X men, men sort of age forty two to fifty seven, um, and people with higher levels of education. So that's where the growth has been um, over the last twelve months. Right. Uh, so it's it's not it's not something that uh, the whole population is engaging in. Uh, it, it is quite heavily
0: concentrated. And the, and the reason ma- why? W- sorry to cut cut. Yeah. Why did they decide to make this?
1: Party? Well, um, it's it's really interesting as to, you know why why are men subscribing more? based on all of the sort of the answers from the other questions in the survey, the things that we kind of surmise are that a lot of the the news content over the last 12 months, you know, um, and we did the survey, the survey is in the field the last week of January, first week of February this uh, this year. So um, our topics that tend to interest men. So, uh, politics. Of course, we've had several elections. There's a lot of news about the economy. Uh, there's been the war in the Ukraine. And these are uh, tend to be news items that are more interesting to, to men than are to women. So we think that that's one of the reasons why there's been this growing increase in news this year amongst men, a fall amongst women, uh, a rise in, in paying for news amongst men, a fall amongst women. Uh, so uh, and, and the level of news consumption amongst men has risen, uh, and it's fallen amongst, well, amongst quite women. Quite
0: significantly, it's
1: fallen Amongst yes. women.
0: Yeah, really. Yeah. Uh, look, uh, I'm going to get to that. I wonder if it means the subscription model, which we were told would never work, is in fact starting to pay off for those media organisations that that use them. I mean, a lot of news websites these days, and even some podcasts, do seem to have a paywall of some kind.
1: No, absolutely. I mean, it's it's part of a solution. It's never going to be a silver bullet. Um, you know, if you subscribe to any news services yourself, you'll notice that there's advertising on, <clears throat> on every page. So mm. subscription alone is never going to cover the cost of news. As we know, news is expensive <laughs> and good journalism is particularly expensive. So it's part of the solution, absolutely. There's not enough advertising to sustain most news organisations uh, that are producing original journalism. So subscription is definitely go- is part of the mix uh, and it's great to see that it's growing, but it's never, ever going to be the sole solution.
0: Yeah. 13% of respondents who said they were being affected by cost of living pre- uh, pressure said they cancelled their subscriptions. 8% mm. said they were somewhat affected. 11% said not very affected. So I, again, mm. thought that wasn't bad news. Um, no. No. Well, would, but again,
1: if the survey was taken, you know, today after several, you know, mortgage mm. increases, we might get a different response.
0: It's often the case that during times of heightened uncertainty, like COVID, people turn towards public broadcasters, and that certainly happened uh, to the ABC and the SBS. <clears throat> and it, it does say that trust and access of the public broadcasters remained high and is yep. valued by the majority of those surveys. Surveyed, mind you, it was skewed more towards what people were more educated than less educated. But yes. overall trust in news is just 43%, higher mm. than the global average, but still less than half. And mm. distrust is also increased. Now, what's the media doing wrong in your judgment, having read all this?
1: <laughs> um, look, it's, trust is a really complicated <coughs> uh, concept. And I think one thing that, I, I think news should be reassured uh, that we all consume news even though we don't trust it. And there's different grades of trust. So some people are sceptical, and maybe that's a healthy scepticism. Some people are absolutely cynical and reject it altogether. So there's sort of grades in there. Um, and, and, you know, even people who are heavy news users will say that they don't actually trust the news much, but they do trust the brand they use. So I know that we look at that figure and think 42%, that's terrible. Um, but actually, you know, there's a lot of nuance in there. Um, but what it does tell us overall is is that, yeah, that the public is um, has got its antenna up. It's very aware of uh, poor quality journalism. It's very alert to what they perceive as bias, very alert to negativity, which, which actually undermines their trust because the, the news is so negative, they know it's not an accurate reflection of the world. And so it actually undermines their trust in the news because they know that that's just not how the world is, which is very interesting, that negativity and trust connection
0: well indeed and in fact the new uh, now we should go to news avoidance uh, topics yeah. because that uh, i think that was uh, very really quite considerably high uh, people avoiding the news and rising <clears throat> which and a lot of it was to do with the ukraine war and the aftermath of covid but just yes. back to the i might add what really was interesting was the numbers who didn't like um social justice news yeah that's right gender equality lgbtq rights all that all Mm. that discussion race yes that's
1: right i mean you know we did ask them what sort of topics do you you know tend to avoid if you do avoid news and that came up the top so around 36 percent of people overall said that they they're the types of issues that they're likely to avoid but if you break down down that further um men uh and men who identify as right wing and men who are you know older over 35 um age 35 and older they're the people who are most likely to avoid, uh, avoid social justice issues women um, are less likely to avoid them uh, and people who identify as left wing are much less likely to avoid them so again there's quite a lot of nuance in those figures but it does present a real challenge you know for this year with that we have the voice um that um, this is obviously a major social justice issue and uh there is a proportion of the public that is um is turning away from those types of topics
0: now getting back to the issue of good news because people wanted more than 50 <laughs> of respondents said they're interested in positive news stories and what's called solutions-based journalism, which which mm. does also preoccupy quite a lot of us here at the ABC. Now, as a yeah. former journalist yourself, um, mm-hmm. how do you think journalists hear this?
1: I think that it's um, a bad cultural fit. <laughs> I think it sits uneasily. I think that... Um, you know, you know, if there's an earthquake in in Peru, you know, wh- where's the good news about that? You know, I think that it, you know, that I think that we're trained to think that that major events and and often major negative uh, events are are news. Uh, so I think that it is a a hard cultural fit. I think though that we do um, as practitioners really need to explore. I'm not talking light and fluffy, but I do think we need to think much more about. Um, not just highlighting the absolutely devastating, you know, that there are glimmers of hope, there are solutions, there is best practice, there are things out there. Well, there's often Um, a lot
0: of resolution in those difficult stories. There are resolutions there. Absolutely. If you care to seek them out.
1: Well, absolutely. Indeed, that's right. And I think that that... um, as much as that goes against the grain and, and news culture and sort of, you know, what we've what you're trained as a journalist to think is newsworthy and, and what's discussed in newsrooms, uh, I do think that those, you know, trying to broaden it out a bit um, is is really going to pay off, particularly for female audiences. I mean, what we really see is that women
0: are just kind of, you know, absolutely vacating. Well, yes, <laughs> uh, but, but there is an element, of course, you know, I was reading and I thought, dear, what is going on? You know, stop the world, I want to get off, which yeah. is no... I mean, you know, we can't pander to that completely either
1: no you can't of course you can't but um but it is it is um it is a real uh, a real issue i mean me a former journalist you know worked in politics study in the news i can't stand it half the time <laughs> i've had enough <clears throat> so i um and it is those people who do choose to avoid a lot of it is it is a protective behavior it is about protecting their mental health uh, and the other thing is is that they can just get information elsewhere i mean i'm doing sort of complementary research at the moment and and doing interviews with with consumers and there's this kind of bunch of people who, who don't consume news, you know, at all or less than once a month. And they don't need to. They just go elsewhere. They go to a government website or to an expert blog or to, you know, and they find really um, excellent information. Uh, so news isn't part of their life.
0: A work in progress, Carol. <laughs> Thank you very. Indeed. I found it most interesting yeah. to read. Thank you so much. My pleasure, thanks. Dr Carolyn Fisher, Associate Professor of Communications at the University of Canberra and co-author of this latest digital news report. Stream any ABC radio station live and on the go. Discover new podcasts, music and audiobooks all free on the ABC Listen app.